North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Welcome back, Gary. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, and you're looking as wonderful as ever. Oh, stop it, stop it. <laughs> it must be election year, I reckon. Well, it could be too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, no, good to have you back today, Gary. Everything's going well for you? Uh, all ticking along. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, no, interesting times, though. Yep. Hey, just want to uh, thank you for what you do for the community. I know it's tough, and I, I just see, I read everyone. Everyone has an opinion on your job, but I just think, uh, thank you for what you do. You just serve the community well, and I know it's not. Oh, well, it's not a plug for you. I just want to say thanks very much, and it's a thanks. tough job, but you do it well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, um, no, everything's going well. Yep. Winter sports are going ahead. Um, North Otago is busy at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, things seem to be uh, going quite nicely. Yeah. So a um, lot of uncertainty out there and exactly what's going to be happening, but um, people just getting on with life, dealing with COVID when they have to and making things happen. So it's the COVID and the seasonal flu going through at the, uh, at the moment, so I find that's a lot of schools and businesses, but yeah, you're right. People are getting back out, getting back out there, and that's what we need to do. Yep. Um, but if you are at home, put on North Otago Legends and a, up and a little bit of history and up and comers, and um, check us out. And then when the weather's good, you get out and you play football or rugby or netball or go for a walk. Yeah, you know, as we're progressing through these, we're getting some um, good feedback, obviously. And yeah. uh, you know, what we need is to really have people share the. Um, the links that we put on Facebook and make sure that uh, other people can have access to, to some of the stories that we're um, we're sharing with them. Yeah, I, um, I'm quite interested. I'll get stopped a bit now and people talking about, oh, yeah, how do I find it? Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. So um, the best way, if you found us Spotify or through iTunes, but the best way is to go onto our Facebook link, like the page, and then comment, leave comments, and uh, we'd love to have more people nominated. So give us an email, drop Gary on I a message through any way you can, and um, we'd just love to interview more North Otago personalities, legends, up-and-comers, and even uh, quite a bit of history. So I think on my list we've got like 26 people to interview Gary, so our goal was 50, but hey, if we keep going after that, that's all good. So there's, we've, yeah, we've done a few, we've got a few we on the list, uh, but yep. we, we want some more. And today's person on our list for, for today is um, someone who's uh, quite well known around the education circles, around uh, different schools that he's taught at over the years, um, and who's now making his name in the art world, and that's uh, our local Al Bell. So uh, a warm welcome to you, Al. Good to have you here. Kia ora kōrua. Good to be here. Lots of laughs before we started, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we got some of yeah. the things that we can't say out of the way. And yeah. I'm sure there'll be some good tales to tell along the way. Yeah. Hey, so, Al, just tell us a wee bit about yourself. So you're well known. Um, you probably taught every second child in North Otago for a while there, and uh, you've played Feels sport like in North Otago. You do art in North Otago. You, you know, you did a bit of a character, but were you born and raised in North Otago, or how did you get here? What was your pathway to North Otago? Well, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a family tie. Uh, my grandfather, my my grandfather is buried in the 
in the cemetery up here and was my mum took me up to see the gravestone. And then over COVID, Tracy and I, we just wandered down and we found the, the gravesite again, which is quite interesting. He lived in Lynn Street. Um, he worked on the railways for a long time. But I was born in Dunedin and I grew up in North East Valley, um, went to uh, North East Valley, Dunedin North Intermediate and Tech, King Edward Technical College. Um, and, yeah, I, I was probably the class clown and mucked around. And, I can't uh, I, imagine that, Gary, <laughs> can you? Yeah. I've always said the kids I taught, don't worry, I've done all that, yeah. so I know. But I, I left high school at probably 17 after repeating the sixth form, and then I went and worked in a steel foundry, um, which sounded good. I was going to do a cadetship, but it never really eventuated. It got quite badly burnt. I got molten metal down a boot and spent quite a while in hospital, and that was quite a turning point. And, and one of my good mates from high school... I spoke to him about it and he said, well, you're wasting your time. You need to get some qualifications. And he said, what What do you want to do? And I said, I always wanted to be a teacher. So that led me to um, go back to high school at 20. I was an oh. adult student at Kikra Valley High School with probably about four or five other adults. Was that quite common back there? <clears> no, it, no? Was, it yeah. was like that was out of left field. Yeah. Mm. Um, when I told my parents that I wanted to do it, they were really supportive. So for a year, they basically kept me. I had the foundry let me have a part-time job at night working in the pattern shop, and that was for about six or seven months. And then I went through, got accredited university entrance and applied for Teachers College, had a really good interview, was accepted for Teachers College, and I went there about 1978, maybe. No, I'm not not sure about that. 76, maybe. I'm not. Sh- not can't remember the dates. Went there, <coughs> um, and then a guy I met there had a big influence on me. A guy called Alan Cassay, and he was from up in Auckland. He'd come down and played rugby. Real hard man, played rugby, a character, but extremely bright. And we were sitting at a table. I said, oh, I think I'll do the diploma course. He said, it's stupid. Why don't you do the degree course? You've only got to get a C to pass. So ended up doing a degree course, um, which shocked my parents. My mother said, do you think you'll cope? And that was a bit of a shock. So but, you're you the, the first in your family to, to go yeah. for a degree? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. So a big moment. Yeah, pretty much. It was, didn't realise the impact it would have. Really enjoyed the study, found it quite difficult though, you know, like from being the class clown and yeah. having to apply yourself was was pretty hard. But you look back on your life, <coughs> that's probably one of the best decisions at that time to make that because it changed your whole outlook on life and yep, yeah, did. who you became. and yeah, It really did. It made you question things, um, to look deeper into to things. But I don't think I ever lost that. <laughs> that clown character thing, I still, you know, that was partly in the background. You still took that into the classroom with you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, as as kids I've taught will probably tell you. Yeah. Um, so what was your pathway to North Otago? How did you end up here? Uh, that was interesting. I met my wife Tracy at college. 
and she was a year ahead of me. But I stayed on to complete my degree, which meant I did a, a studentship year, which meant two years, and she came to North Otago to teach. And so I used to come up um, for the weekends and and then oh, when I finished, I, I applied for Otago, North Otago, and eventually got got accepted for South School. But I think there was a bit of skullduggery there because Tracy's principal, Bruce Patton, was well-known North Otago identity, and we, him and I, we got on like a house on fire. Yeah. And so when I applied, I think Bruce mentioned he talked to people, and, and, and anyway, I eventually got South School. And I can still remember the letter that he wrote me saying, you know, congratulations, Al, you've got a class of 43 with an IQ of 21 and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a great, great letter. Not, yeah, what yeah. a welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was and, and he was he was an excellent principal to have it as, a, as a young beginning teacher. I said to him one day, I said, Bruce, you haven't been to the classroom. He said, don't worry. He said, uh, I know what's happening, and if I needed to, it would be. But he was really supportive and a real character and fun. Just, I loved my, you know, beginnings as a teacher. Yeah. Oh, that's it, was, it was cool. And so, yeah, that, that's how I got to <laughs> North Otago, which I think is about maybe 30, 38 years ago, 30, 30, 36 years ago, maybe. Yeah. More than that, probably. Yeah, maybe. So we, we're going to claim you now as one of our own. You know, you, you may yeah, have you've been, been here long enough. We call Dunedin North Otago <laughs> South, you know. Just, I've spent yeah, more time so. in Dunedin out here yeah. now than I did in Dunedin. Yeah. yeah. And then, so talk through your teaching career and any any good stories from that, any um, young ones here, yeah. North Otago people yeah. you have taught. and Yeah. yeah. So, so how, how long were you at South School? I think I was there for seven or eight years. Um, and then I got a phone call and I thought it was some friends taking the mickey. And this person said, um, Al, the principal at at um, Ardgowan has, has got a new job and we'd like you to be the relieving principal. And I basically fobbed them off but it, and, and sort of joked about it. But it actually turned out to be my... Um, my inspector, my strip inspector, Lester Flockton, oh. uh, sort of did a big backward <laughs> step back there. And then I had a term at Ardgowan as acting principal. I used to bike up every day because, you know, we were had one car and Tracy needed that with the kids. So I biked up. Man, it was the best. I had such cool fun there. And I thought that was going to be, I was going to go down the principalship. But I, I'll just relate one story when I was there. Had, it was a two-teacher school. It was We would get up every morning and do a waiata and kapahaka out at the front of the school and then we'd go off and do our thing. And um, it was um, 1st of April was coming up and I said to the kids, look, Warbirds is happening in Wanaka and I know that there are going to be planes flying over to old Warbirds to um, get people interested. I said... Let's go out and lie out on the paddock in the grass and we'll make the word hi. So when they fly over, they'll think we're saying, hi, how are you? So the kids are all for it and we all got out and we lay on, they all lay on the grass and they were laying there sort of 15 minutes in. The kids said, Mr Bell, are you sure it's the right day? I said, 
Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I said, they said, what about time? I said, yeah, no, I think they, they should be here any minute. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're coming over. I said, what's the date? They said, 1st of April. I said, oh, okay. What's 1st of April? Somebody said, it's April Fool's. I said, yeah. <laughs> the whole school got up and chased me across the paddock. Big boys tackled me. They all fell on me. Yeah. <laughs> Such cool fun. We just, it was great. Loved it. Because it was quite a, a rural school. Yep. Back then, it's, it's um, you know, I mean, the, lately they, um, the it's, roles it's really increased. increased. A lot oh. of town kids go to yeah. it, but but then it would have been quite rural. Probably it back was. in the day, there was only three last names at that school. It's probably like Maver, <laughs> yeah, 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 Fox Maver. Yeah. Well, Bruce <coughs> Bruce Maver, one of the triplets, was my um, not board chair person, school committee chair person. Um, fabulous, fabulous, yeah. really supportive. I remember we did an art week and I had all these mums come in. The school was just dripping with art. We had, there was wall hangings hanging from the roof. <coughs> Excuse me. And to celebrate the end, I said, look, I'll bring my barbecue along and we'll have a barbecue lunch and the kids can bring stuff from home. Well, that turned into a community event and they got the round table barbecue. We had all the parents along. We did some waiata for them. Um played those confidence games, you know, the cookie machine and stuff, and it was I, – I, I loved my time there. I would have loved to have been the principal there, but in those days it wasn't like it is now. It, it, principals were appointed on years of service, so I missed out. And from there I went to Bikuri, yep. which was – it was cool too. Yep. It was a sole charge. And that would have been different from, from going to, you know, the large – South school to yeah. um, a two teacher school and then yeah. going to a sole charge. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you well, bike to Picuri every day or did you have a second car? I did, Damien. I biked every oh, day. Wow. I went from probably being 14 and a half to 15 stone down to, I think, uh, one stage I was 11 and a half stone. I, right. I just powered the, the weight off. Well done. It was, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, not, didn't sort of plan it that way. It's no, the way it happened. No. But lovely people, nice kids. There was uh, there was a wee girl there who I think was the only kid I've ever taught that was gifted. Uh, arrived at school and could read. And <laughs> I'm just thinking yeah. of all the other ones. Yeah, yeah, every other yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you know. On, yeah, on the on the. Um, on the normal curve, she yeah. was at the... We just like to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've all been gifted in their own wee way. But on the, yeah. Yeah. in terms of um, IQ and on the normal curve, it was like, yeah. whoa, that challenged Top me. Top 1%. Yep, yep. Wow. What happened to her? Has she got on or...? I don't know. I don't know. It's As you go through, as you go through the teaching realms, you always remember your first two or three classes and you remember some kids... But then you've taught so many, you can't remember them all. Yeah. But yeah, I remember my first um, class. So, so whenabouts were you at, at Procuring? Yeah, I was there for three years. Um, yeah. Dates are a bit fuzzy. That's Gary. all right. Yeah. And then I, I went from there, I applied for the DP's job at Western and got there. And I was there with Fleming Robertson. Mm-hmm. Fleming was lovely. He was, um, you know, just a great, a great teacher. Lots of, had lots of cool things, had lots of sad things. I um, <clears throat> I taught a wee guy, Michael Kiddo-Verhoff, and he had muscular dystrophy, and he was great. Um, 
But he had this wheelchair, we called it the Bismarck, because it was a motorised one, and it used to go around the classroom there with six-year-olds. And and then and we would have uh, art on Friday, and Michael's teacher's aide, Mary Sandry, she would... Uh, so we're having art today. I said, yeah, oh, God. And we'd have to, when we'd lie on the, Michael would lie on the floor with her and do his bit and we'd paint and, you know, really special memories. But Michael died um, and it was it was quite sad, you know. Mm. Um, so while he's still at Western. While he was at Western. Yeah. It was the year after, yeah. after my class. And, yeah, I, I still remember those things. And, you yeah. know, you sort of, but, but. Also had lots of fun times there. When Fleming left, they appointed a new principal, um, Phil Harding, who came from Papua New Guinea to Western, and he was amazing. You know, I think for me, they were halcyon days. Mm. You know, just we we God, we did some fun stuff, and he he we we had a review, and we were um, on the verge of a discretionary review. Review and Phil went away to a course with Lester Flockton, came back and said, oh, "I know where the school's going," and we just flourished. It was we we developed um, assessment, you know, programs, and we could record what kids were doing using computers, which we had never done before, yeah. and that was that was fantastic time and and lots of laughs, lots mm. of fun times. You know, champagne breakfast on a teacher-only day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got, we did some cool stuff. Oh, we, we, we all suspect that about teacher-only days, don't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> now we No, 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 now, now that never happens now. Yeah. 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 I remember at Western, oh, here's a story. I remember um, they had the cardboard cup in the harbour. Yeah. And we built the yellow submarine. In fact, I've still got a picture of it on the fridge at home. Uh, and then... We got and Jeff Omnit took it back to Western and we stuck it in the school swimming pool because the big kids got to ride on it, but the wee kids didn't. So the portholes on the side, you'd lift them up and kids could hop in and pedal it around. We stuck it in the swimming pool and kids were pedaling around it and like cardboard gets wet. Yeah. And suddenly the car, the yellow <laughs> submarine was all, almost doing a crash dive. We were hauling kids out of it pretty quickly. <laughs> she, she, she was all over. So you got everybody. Yeah, we got oh, everybody. Yeah, we, Very we, good. We, yeah. We're, there were no statistics <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's hilarious. Oh, letting a few stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, so um, great times at, at Western, but that wasn't your last school you were at? No. Um, Phil left, and I thought, yeah, it, it was time for me to have a change. And I went to North School, and that, that was, that was yeah, good times there. You know, um, bigger classes. What was your. Position at North School. I was DP, DP yeah. AP. Yeah. Um, it was in in charge of the senior syndicate. It was quite big then. We yeah. had. A, I remember at one stage, the role got so big. I ended up. We we ended up shifting the staff room up into the library, and I I I taught in the staff room. We had the staff room well, as a yeah. classroom. Yeah. But it was it was cool. So the ministry hasn't changed much then. Nah, no, I get the funding for classrooms yeah, and that's yeah, always yeah. been tough. Yeah, they're always concerned, but the yeah. yeah, the drawstrings of the pocket don't open too well. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, yeah, it can be difficult when you've got a growing role and, and just how slow it you know, they catch up with oh, the providing classes. You know, I'm out of it now, so yeah, so yeah. I can sort of comment, but 
I know some of the schools around North Otago, the roles were increasing and, and they're struggling to get the ministry to provide classrooms. And I think sometimes their priorities um, are wrong. But, you know, um, and I admire, you know, the, 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 the way teachers especially um, cope. You know, that, that it's... It, it's a, it's not easy. Teaching has changed a lot oh, now. Like yeah, yeah. it's in some ways you, you know you've got computers and things that make it easier, but in other ways it's a lot tougher. So back in your day, were you allowed? What kind of discipline were you allowed to do? Or oh what, yeah yeah, you were yeah. allowed to cane? No, you were no. allowed to. You so you, I've still got my strap. I've so, still got it at home in a drawer. So you were allowed to. Yeah, I, I only strapped one kid <laughs> and I hated it. Are we allowed I, to name him? No. <laughs> he, he knows. He, he knows. <laughs> um, um, he's not here now. He's, um, um, oh, the name will come to me. But when you're a young teacher, when you're training, you know, like your first two or three years you weren't allowed to. Um, and I, I don't know. There are, there's only been um, a couple of times where I thought, Yep, I would still like to have that. Mm. I don't. There were people that abused it. Yeah. Then and it. Well, that's how they controlled was through fear. Oh, and yeah. That's never yeah. yeah I. Yeah. I achieve. I could. I could control children with my voice yeah. and setting standards. And I was a big believer in. I still do. I believe every kid comes to school and wants to be successful, yeah. even the rumpty ones. Yeah. Um, and and you have to provide that opportunity, but sometimes they need direction. They need to know that um, you're there to help them, and and that you're not going to chastise them if they're wrong. Um, I had one one child um, at North School who who had a really bad upbringing, and he came and he had a minder, um, and he came into my classroom. And it got a bit tough when we were sitting there and he said to me, I effing hate you. And I said, I don't effing like you much either. <laughs> and I said, if if you want to come here and learn, I'll bend over backwards to help you. I won't take the mickey. I'll do everything I can. But I said, if you're coming here to read me my peer degree and do that, go to another school. Yeah. We're, we're here to help children to learn mm. We got on like a house on fire and he went back to live with his father and he was his his sis person brought him back. He wanted to come and see me to say goodbye and wow. that was great. And we, we got on really well, you know. Um, and I sort of think, you know, you set the railway lines. If you stay inside, it's cool. And if you step outside, you'll know what's going to happen. I, I loved it. Yeah, Interesting, Damien. I don't think many kids will remember me for what I taught them academically. They will remember me for my Cheeselwitch stories that I used to tell. Yeah. 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 No, I was going to say, you know, from what I know of you, you've, you've been a popular teacher and, you know, kids have liked being in your class. And, yeah. you know, that's... That, Thanks, that, Terry. That's just, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, only, only from here, so, you know, I might be wrong. Um, but, no, it's it's yeah. it's always easier, you know, if the teacher is like, you know, it's, it's important to be a good teacher, but it's important that, that kids can identify with with you and, and enjoy being in your classes yeah. so they enjoy learning. Kid, kids, kids want to learn. Some kids learn better than others. When they introduced national standards, I thought, oh, 
God. So you had a standard that everyone was to meet. Never going to happen. You have kids that are good at maths, but you have other kids that are good at art. And you have kids that can write, but they can't do maths that well. So there's, you know, and that's what makes the world go round, that individuality. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think um, it's great. You know, probably I, I'm i like that. I wasn't the best academic, but I got by. But really my passion always, always was for art. And art's pro- that's probably come out a few times um, in what you've been sharing so far. So mm. talk about, because we know you're into your art now, so just share about that and what you're doing with your artwork now, just so we understand. Right, yeah, just also ask, you know, as, you, as you're doing that, um, you, you've got your Māori background and, yeah. you know, there's that shows through in your art and so yeah. on. And, you know, how, how did both of those things progress, either separately or, or, you know, when did they come together? So as a kid, as a kid, <clears throat> we went to Araitiuru, um Cultural Group every Sunday. I sometimes used to think, oh, I don't want to go, but it was it, it was good. It taught me about who I am, where I'm from, tikanga. The only thing I didn't really, it didn't do in it, and it's only lately was t- the real, the language. We we didn't learn that, and there's a big regret. I'm, I'm learning it now, but as you get older, it's harder, yeah. um, and we're not immersed in it. But, yeah, I, I always had that love of art. I, I carved. I did lots of carving when I was younger. Um, and then, it, it, you know, just with the art thing, when I was teaching, we did a lot of it. But at North School, we I, I took the senior syndicate every Friday or every second Friday. We would have art in the hall. There's 100 kids, and it was fantastic. Put some music on. Set the rules, you know, if you misbehaved, you're off to the room. But it used to, it got, we had a culture that developed from that and kids would, you'd, you'd, there would be this noise and you'd look around, but they're all talking about their work or somebody else's work or someone was helping them or they were sharing and, oh man, that's the best time. And that probably drove the art thing. I always loved, I, I, was I looked, there were a lot of Māori artists that influenced me uh, and I, I liked the work that they did. One person that really did was a guy called Sandy Edsied who's still alive. Um, but his art was vibrant and beautiful and I sort of, I guess the best compliments, I copied a lot of what he did. Yeah. And then I, so when I was teaching, I used to go to night classes so Janice Joyner and I would hop in the car on a Thursday night and drive down. We did life drawing classes to start with, and that was interesting. I, I can remember my first life drawing class, standing there behind the easel, popping out, and there was a nude person there, yeah. and we had to draw them. And and it was like, okay, let's go. And it was great. And then afterwards, it you, you just ignore that, and you're looking at, you know, shape and shadow and form and... Um, and that 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 sort of and that that led to me getting a teaching scholarship and going to art school for a year. But I also other artists that influenced me were, were like Hotori, really. Some of his work I don't, I'm not fussed on, but a lot of it is pretty impressive. I went to the exhibition at 
a couple of years ago, I suppose it was now at um, DPEG, you know, Dunedin, the, the, the art gallery. And and the piece that influenced me the, the most was Black Phoenix where the, the boat bow was there, it's burnt and a piece on the floor was quite emotional. But it was, it's, it's and and uh, Robin Kahukiwa, you know, she's stylized. All of those people have had an influence. Mm. When I when I went to art school, I, I did printmaking, and that's what I do now. Um, and it was, I remember we did live drawing, and then Janice and I went, the print night class had an exhibition. We went over and looked at it, and I said to Janice, I'm going to do this next year. So we jumped straight in with the, we didn't go to the beginner's class. We just went for a bath of print and went for the big guns class. Yeah, right. It was a quick learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was so cool. I thought, yeah, this was me, yeah. that creative side. And then so learnt technique, learnt what ink can do, learnt how to use a press, how to screen print and stuff. And then... When I had the year's study leave, that was like a watershed moment for me. And that was looking at using art as a tool, as a storytelling tool, as a way of influencing people. And you learn about artists and how they've changed and, you know, in the world. And it, I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I remember going to the library one day and it was half past four and the day had gone, and I came out and I rang Tracy up and said, I spent the day in the library. I said, I think I spent more time there than I did in my whole time doing my degree. <laughs> you know, and I just read about people and, and people I knew. So um, people like Muru Walters, who helped me get into to, um, Kikra Valley as, a, as, a, as an adult student, um, his son John and I were good friends, and John is the father of Machu Walters and 660. Um, and then there was Clive Arledge. When my mum died, I didn't know, but my mum had become a Mormon, and Clive was a Mormon, and Clive led mum's tonguey. I remember going out to see him, and that year I was there, he had come back down to his son's place, and that was out at Sinclair, and I went and visited him. And he just gave me an insight into him as an artist, as a young guy. I said, so, you know, Clive, you you were there with Ralph Hawthorne. He said, oh, yeah, Ralph and I flattered together. He said, you know, at night we would come back from school and sit on the floor and draw and listen to the wireless. And it was like, whoa, you know, this is – and, yeah, it was quite, quite amazing. So that they had an influence on – the style I use. So I've come back and now. Um, so this is, you're a full-time artist now, is that right? Yeah, full-time's probably not <laughs> the word. I, mean, I, I get Pro- up in the morning. Art. And, professional art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should ask Tracy how she would define it. Don't, would, don't ask Tracy. No, don't, okay. Yeah. They get up in the morning and Tracy goes to school and I'm yeah. not far behind her and I go down to the shops in Wandsbeck Street um, and then I set up and go along to teas, get a coffee and as I'm coming back drinking, I'm thinking about things and different bits and pieces um, and then I crank into it and print. But 
the art school thing taught me about how art can be used as a tool, as a storytelling tool. So there's two facets to the art I do. There's a set called Hauora, which is just stencils. Um, and then there's the, the other print that's, that's the etching and embossing. The Hauora came from when I was, which is health, yeah. and that came from when I was at art school and that, and I did a piece and it developed. And what I do is I, I did at art school, there was a, a news story came out about New Zealand having the highest, um, Māori have the highest obesity and diabetes rates in the world with the Pacific Islanders. And I thought, well, that's not right. And then I thought about it. And so I produced these works and I printed on fast food wrappers and I printed the Piwaka Waka, which is the messenger of death. It comes from the story of Maui going to get eternal life from Hininui to Pō, the goddess of death. She had the flame of eternal life and he asked the birds to go with him. And when he got to Hulea, he said, don't go any further. I'm going to go down because it's going to look funny when I crawl back in to get the flame. But the fantail, the Piwaka Waka, went down. And when he saw Maui do that, he laughed. And he knew he poor woke up and killed Maui. Piwaka Waka ran back to tell the birds what had happened, hence the messenger of death. And so when they come into your house, you shoo them away because they're coming so, to tell you. And so I printed these stylized stencils all over these burger wrappers and stuff. And the message behind it, the social commentary was, you eat all this stuff, I'm waiting to tell people that you've moved on wow. because you become obese with the sugars and fats. So, yeah. you know, a very powerful piece of artwork. Yeah, no, I think I saw one of yeah. those pieces in the Forrester Gallery. Yeah. And I didn't realise that story about the Piwaka Waka. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's the, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. What's the other name for the Piwaka? Oh, P.Y. Walker, a oh, fantail, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum used to shoo them out all the time. And then, but it was like, yeah, so when when I'd finished art school and I came back and I, I sort of probably, education was going through change and I wasn't moving with it. Um, and I, I sort of was doing my thing and I got, hold off a couple of times and I think I've been vindicated since and I thought, yeah, it's time to, to move on. And so I I left and I thought, right, I bought an etching press, a big press, and I was going to use it in my garage in T Street. And Kevin Murdoch came and his wife, Fiona, teaches with Tracy, said, so what are you going to do? And I said, I'll set the press up in the garage. And he said, how, how would you like a space to do it? And I said... I can't afford a studio space. I said, he said, oh, well, he just bought the 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 old shops in Wandsbeck Street. Terrace Terraces, yeah. yeah. And he said, I'm doing them up, but I need someone to help me and I need someone and I want to do some of my own artwork. And he's quite a good oil painter. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah. And he said, how about you come and help me? I said, I'm in, I'm in. So we have just been down there and, man, he has done wonders with that place. It's from where Gary and I were talking about Rolly Johnson's. We walked yeah. into it and it reminded me of Hogwarts wand shop yeah. where there was all these shells and you could and 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 Gary's dad taught, worked there, didn't yeah. he, Gary? Yeah, he was uh, worked, worked for Rolly for 
three, four years, I think it was. Something yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. But tell us where the shops. Are. If someone's listening, they can come into your studio. They can anytime. So I'm not always there, though, yeah. Damien. I'm but pretty flexible. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So where is it? How can people find you? And, um, <coughs> so it's in Wandsbeck Street yeah, down the, the bottom. The bottom. Yeah, yeah, just up from Scott's Brewery, um, and with, they're all signaged outside. The they've all we've all got hanging pieces. So you've got Virginia. Uh, yeah, there's Ginny. Ginny's um, the architect. Architect. Well, just above here, there's the old what used to be the Firth, where they serviced their trucks. There's mm. a big pit there, you know, mm. and that's grafted, and that's Constantine and Ord. That's their workshop. Yeah. And then there's Ginny. Ginny's um, next door and doing really well. Oh yeah. And then there's the big garage doors, and that's where Ord and Constantine from Grafted, they've got a bit of a showroom they're developing there. So they, they do um, just all sorts Kitchen of furniture. Kitchen joinery. And Kitchen joinery, it's pretty yeah. bespoke. They use a lot of bamboo sort of um, plywood. It's uh, That's not the best um, um, description, but beautiful work. Man, yep. they, they produce some high-quality, high high-class stuff. Mm. And then next door there is Linton and Sandra, and they've got gallery picture framers uh, doing really well. And then next door is Elbel with his etching <laughs> press and Kevin. You'll see us there chatting, but upstairs, the man cave, well, it's actually everybody's cave, but man and woman, we're not being sexist, no. is, is, is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We have the... Old billiard table from the North Otago Club. Mm. Kevin just bought a baby grand piano last year, banged that up there. Getting them, yeah, all <laughs> who, this who stuff. Brings that stuff. Oh god, <laughs> getting it in there was that, that was a mitch. People, but it's that Kiwi ingenuity, you know. Yeah. Put on a forklift, build a ramp at the door, winch it up, oh. sit on its legs. Yeah, it's all good. Health and safety. Yep. Health Everyone's safety. wearing hivers <laughs> and helmets. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, cones yeah, out. yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah. we roped it all off, yeah. had cones everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the piano's up there <laughs> and it's beautiful. So yeah. then there is Laura who's down at the whiskey, you know, the whiskey bar down below. Yeah. Laura can play the piano beautifully. So Occasionally we have a wee Friday night get-together up there and she just makes that thing sing. Mm. Oh, so Special place. Oh, it is. I am so, so lucky. I go in there and, yeah, yeah, it's uh, time to think, time to do things. Um, I've just, I was talking about South School has a special place for Tracy and I. We both started our teaching there, and and to be fair, when I left North, North School, I had a term off, and then I did two terms uh, relieving at at Fenwick, and that I finished teaching full stop there. Both our kids went there, and Tracy, when she decides to retire, will finish there. So Rodney asked about building a wahoro, an entranceway, and I've designed that. Um, tried to reflect what the kids do, tried to reflect a bit of the local history. So in the archway at the top, there's a reference to Ma Kotukutuku, who was on the Araituru canoe, but came ashore and never left. And so Cape Wombrow, as we know it now, is Ma Kotukutuku. And that's shown on the top panel. And then on the other side, I've got our Kukumaka is the, one of the other people that came off, stayed, and he became what we know now as Awamoa Stream. 
So it's just mm. being worked on. It sh- hopefully will be up by the end of the year. It's been a long project, but really rewarding. That's just yeah, amazing how that whole thing's gone full cycle. Yeah. Cycles. So that's yeah. you started and Tracy is still there now. Yeah. And, um, and now you're creating the... The entranceway, the welcome to the school. Yeah, yeah. So when will it be up? When can we? I would say by the end of the year. There's yeah. still just that we've that's being worked on because the kuru designs take a bit of work. It's being made out of cord and steel. Acucut are doing it. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's, it's it's great, and you know, and I think you know, this is something that we are increasingly looking at. Yeah, you know, how we tell our stories, and that's. Yeah. European stories as well, yeah, uh, and actually have them around the district, and so yeah, yeah Gary, it's, it's it'll, great. It'll yeah. it'll be it'll it, it's. I made it. I I drew it all up on corrugated cardboard, mm. full size. And Rodney, who's the principal up there, we 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 tied it up at the entryway. Yeah, it's going to look pretty cool. Wow. Will Excellent. there be a wee plaque explaining yep. what yes. you're Yep, there will be. Oh, there'll be an opening. Yeah. Um, will come up and help us open it. Yeah. Um, bless it. And yeah, it, it it'll be cool. Yeah. I'm I'm very proud to have done it actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. So any with your art, um, yep. You know, I, I guess you know we've called you a professional, so you kind of have to make money. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, so, I, so I sell. So how, how does yeah? Where, where do you sell? Yeah, how do you market it? Um, so I have one gallery. I a lot of my work goes to the artist room in Dunedin and Dowling Street. Um, but I also sell it out of the gallery here um, um, and it's doing really well. I'm not going to be rich by any means, but the artwork's all over the place. There, there's I've got um, a piece in Washington, a person who's tied in with the diplomats is a piece there. There's pieces in Canada, England, um, all over the place really. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah, it's it's great, and a lot of local people come in and want pieces. A couple of special things I had. There's two people who came in and told their story to me. They looked at the artwork, and and my 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 artwork tells a story. It, it I I love the fact that it does. Uh, one person told me about her son, so I gave her the work. I don't do that very often, but it was quite emotional. Oh. Uh, and it was... So she was looking at the piece and it spoke to her and, yeah. that, and that challenged her to share about what happened with her son. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Damien. Wow, exactly. I said, yeah. do you know the story? She said, I know your story, but I have a different story. I said, tell me your story. She did. Yeah. We tonguey oh. later said, yeah. I think this has been waiting for you. Wow, amazing. Yeah, so it was cool. And then I had a friend of mine, a very good friend. She came up and she... Marama Roberts and her father, Clarky or Karaka, um, he died, and and we grew up with them all, and he, and he was on the Casketeers. He they they uh, it was it was serendipitous. Um, the day he died or the night he died, they I was in Dunedin the next day, and Joan Turner, who's down there, who's a friend of mine who's still involved in education, said, "Our." Clarkie died yesterday and the body's being away being prepared and they're bringing him back to the house today. So I drove out to the house and everyone was waiting, a lot of tears, and then Marama came back with Clarkie and uh, she said, see, take your shoes off and we're in the house. And she comes in and she said, oh, Dad's here. So-and-so, so-and-so. 
Alan Bell, get out here. I said, I haven't got my shoes. Don't worry about those. So we went out and we bought Clarky in, Karakia, Waiata. I had to go and then she came back up uh, a while later and related the rest of the story, how they flew him from Dunedin to Auckland and then they got the hearse from the Cascateers and took him to um, Matikuri right up the top of the North Island, right up the top. And she was telling me that their spirit bird is the kuaka, the godwit. And she said, I want you to do a print uh, about that, you know. And I said, oh, oh, yeah, fine, that's cool, I can do that. And then she said, oh, I was I was listening to this thing and this podcast, she said, and then there was Dad singing this waiata about the kuaka. So I listened to this thing and I just cried my eyes out down there and I thought, right. And so then I thought about it and then this just this picture appeared and I just created this work. And then I took it down and Tracy wrote the wire down the side. It's the only one that's got the wire written on. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to Mari. Wow. Quite special for me. Mm-hmm. But that work also proved to be a sort of a turning point for me. It was a successful piece. So I put it in the um the, the Otago Art Society's um, exhibition and it didn't win a prize but it was only one of about a half a dozen pieces that sold and then it just went right. from there. It was yeah. It's quite cool and, yeah, lots of stuff. I've just completed a work called um, Hukimai Hukusai and Hukimai means come back to me and it was about my children Sam and Kimberly, who now live in Australia, who wanted to come home but couldn't because of COVID. And then they came home at Easter, which was just so special for Tracy and I. And our mukupuna, Finley and Archer were there. And uh, Tracy's mum, who's 93, 94, came up, and it's her great-grandchildren. So Nan was enraptured. So I did this piece, and it depicts... So Kevin and I were out fishing on his boat, the Suzanne, just off the coast here, and the the albatross flew in behind us. So we were throwing the bait that we didn't need off the back, and I'm there with my iPhone flashing these photos. And I've got this beautiful picture of one with its wings out. So the albatross goes away for seven to ten years and then comes back home. Oh, wow. And it, to me, was my – it's a metaphor for my kids who came but couldn't turn home – but they have returned, and the Hokusai was the Japanese printmaker called Hokusai did this thing called the Wave of Kanagawa, which is the big stormy wave with, and it's the tsunami. But it also symbolises um, turmoil and the stormy seas, which was for my kids that not being able to come home. And then on the sides, I embossed it with all these kuru designs. And they symbolise Tafirimatia, the god of the wind, blowing yeah. my children home to me, which yeah. is the albatross, the metaphor for it. That's yeah. fantastic. Thank you yeah. for that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, we see works of different artists, and they've they've just painted something, or they've done, you know, yeah, created something, sort of thing. But to actually hear some of the stories behind the works that you've done and the meaning that you've built into those, you've yeah, that, it, it, I love it. I yeah. love I love it because people look at it and I'll say, there's a story with that. Can I tell you that? Yeah. And a lot of them end up buying it because 
they hear my story, but they relate to it as well. That there's a story for them. Yeah. So, Al, I think when I was talking to you before you come on the podcast, and you made the comment, "Well, did someone else pull out, or why me?" Yeah. Um, that story that you just shared that that's why you you're you're part of North Otago, and you're you're using your gift of art to create and tell stories. And that's part of who we are in this district. And and anyone, I know you, Al, anyone could come to you if you're in there and you'll chat to them and you'll talk to them and oh. you'll share with them. And that's what makes our district great. So that's why you're on the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. I know there'll be many people who just love hearing your story. So many people know you and will connect to it. So many people have children overseas or lost children or things like that. And when you're talking about that albatross, that'll just have so much meaning. So yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's it's mm. brilliant. That's why you're on the podcast today. Oh, just, that's why. It's such a good story. Thank you for sharing. No worries. It's, yeah. it's cool. Uh, it's a bit more than I sort of thought about, really, you know. Lots of stories come out. Lots of Yeah. And, you know, I mean, beforehand you, you talked about a few other stories and so forth. So you've, you've, you've got a lot of stories and it's been really good. Hearing some of them, so um, some really of the teaching that. ones we I couldn't share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, you, that's fair enough. Play sport. Let's, let, well, this oh, is the leading yeah. question here. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Have, yeah. Any chance you played sport in North Otago? Particularly football. Oh, no, I played a lot of basketball first. <laughs> played with Brian de Geest and oh, those guys. Um, but then I played. I started getting older and played football, but. I'd sort of lost a bit of my speed, and um, yeah, yeah, Damien, you 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 annoyed me one day, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you could tell them that, and, and, oh. and that's when the as 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 David Solder said, that short whack exploded out. <laughs> so, what happened, Damien? No, I remember I was at Waitangi Boys playing for the first, and we used to play against this team in town called Annie Flanagan's. And it was the Shirley brothers and Neil Nickel and Al Bell and a, a few Charlie other, Horn. Char, yeah, a few other good names. Did you ever play for them, Gary? No, you no, I was, 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 was in the younger team. Yeah, Gary was in that part. other team. Yeah, that, yeah, that, travelled in that. The, the eight, and so eight, remember, eight team, but I won't mention that. I remember there was this one guy there, and I was young and fit, and I was running past him, and he'd grab my shirt every time I go past him, and um, about the third or fourth time, I I just had enough, so I went up to this guy. And I stood in his face, and I was only a wee schoolboy, but, you know, you thought you are big and bulletproof. And I blew kisses in his face. I don't know why I did it, um, but I did it. And I seen his fist come into it. <laughs> he grabbed me by the shirt, and I'm like, it's all over here, hoping some of my mates would come in. And it was funny. And all I could remember, and for years, the name Al Bell haunted me. Yeah. It was like, I knew he was a teacher from Western, but I knew his name Al Bell, and I'm like, oh, I hope he still doesn't remember me. Um, and it was funny, and it wasn't until many years later I got introduced to Al Bell, and someone said, oh, this is Al Bell. Al, do you know Damon? He's like, no idea who you are in the world. And so I told Al this story about the only other time we met, he was going to knock me for six. But, Al, I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad. Yeah. I remember the person that introduced you was horrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, weren't you Jenny Gorn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just a good North Otago story. And um, I, hey, it was me. I, I was just, I thought I was no, a bit no, cheeky and no. I was out of the line there. I do have but, a little, another story of, yeah. uh, from football because. Um, About yeah, Al. Well, we're in the same club, the Omaru Club. Both teams belong there. And uh, Annie Flanagan's was the, the sponsor. They, they had a better sponsor than we did. We yeah. just called the A team. Um, so you know, but they were they were a team of um, 
it was a very mixed team, wasn't it, Al? You, uh, you had a few that hadn't played much football. Oh, I'd past. never played before. I just and, and Neil then, Nichols said, "Come and strap a pair of boots on, stand yeah. at the back." And some of the you know some of the ones who've been top players in the in the region in the past. So yeah, it was always a bit tricky playing. I mean, you never quite knew, and sometimes they would beat us. Um, but anyway, this one day, we were all yeah we were done a little warm up. We went on, and Al was subbed. Um, to start with, and uh, so Al wasn't playing even playing. No, no, he's up on the so, bench. All right, he, he wasn't. This anyway. So we were playing away, and um, anyway, as as happens, the subs made. Al comes jogging on, pulls his hammy or something, <laughs> <laughs> jogging on, and gets carried back off again. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure it was you. But God, it was. I don't don't, don't remember that. Oh, okay. (laughs) It might have been one of your other mates, but it it sounds better if it was you. That's how I can recollect it. In football, we know that that's been called the Steve Wicks. (laughs) (laughs) Getting an injury before the game starts. That's that's, getting injured warming up. Warming up, yeah. So. Oh, well done. Hey, Al, we just really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. Thanks for sharing that and um, just enjoy the stories and uh, just want to let people know if they ever, if they, they see you in the art gallery, come in and say hi. And especially yeah. if you've taught them, tell yeah. them, come in, say their name, what school, and just say hi and, you know, yeah. that kind of things. I know you appreciate that and, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. It's great finding out, you know, what's happened to mm. children and, you know, as they've grown up and, and that. It's... Uh, because I'm sure I'm sure you've inspired some, you many, know, to, to go in particular yeah. directions along the way, and you know, well, I'd hope it must, so. It must but, be good to but, hear but those. You, you don't know. Yeah, I, I just love the fact that some still want to come up and, yeah. and have a yarn. And a mm. um, couple of questions to finish with. Yeah, so one question I just have for you: Where do you fuck a papa back to? So I fuck a papa back to Moiraki, but my mum. The, that's quite interesting because. I have, you know, Māori land rights for, like, Lake Hawere, up Canterbury Way. So, and it's really hard to, it's one of the things that you, a lot of Māori are displaced. You don't know exactly, you know, you have to, but through Maitahu doing my whakapapa, I went back and whakapapa back to Moiraki. But my mum came from Colac Bay down, down Muruhiku Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beautiful down there. Beautiful, yeah. So you'll, you'll actually be able to go on to a number of marae and be able to speak if, if, if you wanted to. Yeah, I'd go, yeah, yeah. I'd go on, but, yeah, speaking, it's the, that's where the tea hunger comes yeah. in. You know you play scary. <laughs> I'm not that, no, that no, cool. No. But, it's yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. great to – Moiraki is fantastic. Great, mm. great uh, marae down there, beautiful, be- beautifully done. I can remember as a kid going up to the, I think it was the Centennial at the old hall, just as you drove into Moiraki. The Coronation Hall. Yeah, Coronation Hall, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as a kid growing up, um, I spent a lot of time with Uncle Ned. He just lived down the road to the first kike, and he used to call in at home. He fished out of Moiraki for a long time, Ned Puriti, and, and then Aunt, I went to stay with Auntie Kath, she was called, and that was uh, that has a big, big, big impact on me. I remember she said, "Come on, boy, we're going to get some lunch." I thought, "Great, we're going to go down to the shop and get a pie." 
Couldn't understand why walking down the ride, down the driveway, Shani had a butcher's knife. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, okay. And then instead of turning right and heading off round to the shop, we turned left and went down to the kike. Um, and she said, we're going to have some kaimoana for lunch, boy. And she cut a bull kelp and made a kitty for it, out of it. And we went out and we got boo-boos, cat's eyes, right. some um, cutting oil, seaweed, uh, mussels and power. And I said, oh, we get some more. And she said, no, no, no. This is all we need. It'll still be here for us to come back next time. And the stalk of the bull kelp, she cut that and made a ball for it, carved a ball out of it for yeah. me. And we went back and she boiled the stuff up and there was a bowl of it there and that was my lunch. And so I ate it and I can still remember chewing the cutting or thinking, when is the stuff going to get soft? <laughs> Swallowing it and having a piece in my mouth a string of it down my throat and some of my puku and swallowing hard and getting a, a, a big darning needle and pulling the boo-boos, the cat's eyes out, holding the eye and sucking the wee black worm off. At the end, it was cool. Had a frost fish. We had frost fish there. You know, Cultural well, experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it certainly wasn't a pie, Gary. No. <laughs> That's more Gary's culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buying, a, buying a bottle of that. <laughs> Okay, 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 Slim. You you are the class clown. You're even bringing it to the podcast today. (laughs) Oh, uh, that's all my questions for today. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate what you shared and, um, yeah, yeah, and and what you offer to the district in North Otago. That's that's what we appreciate about you. You're you're a good North Otago man and um, you and Tracy. Tracy just... Fantastic teacher. She just who she's taught and yeah. who she, what she's done for the community as well. And it, it's just so good to have people that care about our students and care about our town, and that makes all the difference. So, kapoi. Thank yeah. you. Ah, kia ora. Kia ora. Mm. Thanks very much. Mm. Well, Damien. Well, Gary. <laughs> that was a chance to tell a few tales ourselves. Yeah, well... <laughs> Not, not often that someone can outclass clown you, Gary, and has, <laughs> has more stories to tell. I was yeah. always a diligent one in the class. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. I only went to school for lunch, and uh, maybe I needed Al Bow as a teacher. Maybe that went – I had a guy called John Hogan, and he probably had the yeah. biggest effect on oh. me as a teacher. He was a really good man. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't. I just sort of played sport and ate my lunch, really. Yeah, no, John's got a few tales to tell as well. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, he was – he was um, yeah, popular teacher as well. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening today. If you know, please, know of anyone that we can interview, um, just drop us a line, get in touch, get in contact with either Gary or myself. Um, we're enjoying what we're doing. We're enjoying the stories. We're enjoying, enjoying um, creating a bit of history or leaving a bit of history for other people to listen to. So if you know of someone or can think of someone, let us know and we'll record them on the past, uh, podcast. But until next time... Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you then.